Hello, I'm Paul Mangel. And I'm Yulia Stancheva. Welcome to Just Say the Word, a podcast in which we pay homage to our relationship with words, their meaning and their power to create our world. In every episode, we invite a special guest and ask them, what is your word? What does it mean to you? Where does it come from? As we immerse ourselves in the world of each guest, we'll tell you the story of their chosen word and how it relates to their life's experiences, successes and achievements. Our guest in this episode is Timothy Hedger, ex-CEO at Misty Maroon LTD. He studied history at Reading University and subsequently at the London School of Economics. In his 30s, he became co-owner of the New School of English in Cambridge, stepping down as MD in 2017, when they sold the business. He is currently an enthusiastic guitarist in a gypsy jazz band. Tim Hedger, welcome to Just Say the Word, and the time has come for you to just say the word. History. Fantastic word. Uh, in my book, a kind of umbrella term comprising past events, uh, memories, discoveries, collections, the organization and presentation and interpretation of, of, of those events in history. What does it mean to you and why did you bring it along today? Well, I studied history uh, at school and at university, and so I've maintained an interest in it ever since. Um, and I'm curious about, um, in, in a rather, they might seem childlike sort of observations, but, you know, why do you write history? Or why do you need history? Or indeed, some of the other things you just touched on. Is it just chronicling events? Is it a narrative? Is it a science? Uh, does it have a higher validity to say, myths or, or legends. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in many aspects of it. And so that's why I brought the word along. Historians, I mean, are we right to say what they're seeking to do is take historical sources, uh, analyse them and come up with their uh, understanding of what happened at the time? Uh, is it about information uh, describing events or is it more than that? If you uh, go and Google, you know, uh, quotes on history, there are just any number of them. You know, um, history is bunk or history repeats itself. You know, first time is tragedy, second time is farce or, the, you know, the past is another country, um, et cetera, et cetera. I think we could all agree that historians and, and history at least should be one notch up or above some thing like, uh, this is what happened um, 200 years ago. A historian, he or she is somebody who has sought to not just um, chronicle events, but then perhaps looked at things like causation or uh, other aspects to it, like what it led on to. Um, so it's something more than um, just perhaps knowing that Battle of Hastings was in 1066. Absolutely. And... Um... History's got that word in it, story. What's the difference between history and a myth or legend? I mean, it's, you know, without being absolutely obvious, particularly when myths and legends actually form, in some weird way, part of history. Uh, and they are. I mean, history, the, the etymology of it, historia, goes back to a Greek word meaning to inquire or to know or to, to explore or to find out. And when you write history, you can draw on lots of other uh, 
ancillary resources. Uh, so it might be anthropology or it might be geology, it might be myths, it might be legends to create a, a larger picture. There are lots of ways in which people want to see history how it works. Is it cyclical? Is it linear? Uh, does it have any rhyme or reason to it? Or is it completely chaotic? I, well, I, I'd love to come on to that point, which is, you know, what can we learn from history? Because th there's just no way that history actually repeats itself. Or does it? If you take something like the war in Ukraine at the moment, if you can perhaps move a little bit further away from uh, you know, Putin and, and, and his aims and so on, but look at the broader picture of what Kiev or Kiev means to Russia, and that would help us to understand a little bit more of not just necessarily Putin, but the, the Russian people, why perhaps, why why do they see it as theirs? Why do they claim it as theirs? There's another historian that I really like who, who wrote on history called R.G. Collingwood, and he had this idea that um, all of history takes place inside our head, and what he meant by that is uh, when many, many people crossed the the Rubicon, but when Caesar crossed the Rubicon, um, he knew what he was doing and he knew it was wrong and we can think ourselves into his head. Yeah. So he's saying that circumstances change, technologies change, beliefs change, but human activity and human thinking and the motors that move us, uh, we can still enter in, in, into the past in that sense and ask ourselves the question, what was he doing when he crossed that? He, must, he, he knew it was wrong. And then draw a bead from that. So again, I, I find that, you know, very stimulating. Which takes us on to on to, uh, the final subject, which is historiography. I think one is the development of the methodology of how we gather history and the methods by which history over the centuries has been uh, taught or, or written down or expressed to other people. Uh, and the other one is the uh, philosophy of history. In other words, um, does the winner or does the subject of the writing, does that confer uh, an authenticity to the history that he or she has written because it is exactly what he or she thought at that time and is, is historically uh, true? Uh, that's yeah, big subject area. Yeah, it, there, there, there's no quick answer to that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I remember famous Victorian historian uh, uh, Arnold Toynbee, who um, was writing at the time of the, the height of the British Empire, and that you know history was marching on towards you know a, a better democratic future, and uh, at that time the world was pretty secure and safe for those historians, and so that was the overarching umbrella but still Toynbee had the issue of like a lot of historians of trying to mesh together uh, a linear view of history with some other say more cyclical like the Greeks had view of history and so he came up with this metaphor that uh, there is the cart uh, with the wheels on the wagon and the wheels on the wagon going round and round are, are history but the the driver of the coach is God and that, that nice. was, <laughs> for fortunately for yeah, us yeah, all. Yeah. So uh, we've been through a period, you know, mass pandemics, uh, world turmoil, uh, all the ups and downs, the vagaries. Um, whether or not we will learn from this particular period of our, of our history, uh, time will tell. But, uh, Tim, it's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you about that. And, I, you know, thank you very much indeed for, for everything you shared. Pleasure. Just say the word. Just say the word. History 
is a word of multiple meanings, which are all related to the past. As explained in the Encyclopedia Britannica, history in the wider sense is all that has happened, not merely all the phenomena of human life, but those of the natural world as well. It is everything that undergoes change. And as modern science has shown that there is nothing absolutely static, therefore the whole universe and every part of it has its history. But where does the word history come from? Let's find out with Ethan Barrett, who is our guest language detective in this episode. The term history comes from the Greek historia, which means an inquiry, the act of seeking knowledge, as well as the knowledge that results from that inquiry. There are many synonyms in the English language which refer to history, such as the past, the old days, the before times, yesterday, chronicle, archive, ancient times, antiquity, biography, memoir, and story. Nowadays, there is a prominent distinction between the words story and history than there was in the old days. Today, when we think of history and story, we draw the dividing line as the one between fact and fiction. After all, Stories are fanciful tales woven at bedtime, while histories, on the other hand, are records of events. History is a word I have a very special relationship personally. I have always been fascinated by the past. Growing up, I was very interested in paleontology, aka the study of dinosaurs, and as I grew older, that spread into archaeology to the point that I took multiple courses in university studying it, especially how it connected to my major of Japanese. I look to the past in order to find advice on how to handle the present and future, whether it's through books or family members' stories. But I'm always careful when it comes to recognizing mistakes and problems. I see it more as acknowledging what others have tried, so I can take that and possibly develop something new with that information. This concept can be found in Japanese as the four-character compound word, or yojijukugo, onkochishin, which literally translates as developing new ideas based on study of the past or learning from the past. History is a word that has managed to stir up the public opinion amongst people from different gender, race and ethnicity backgrounds. In the 70s, feminists rejected the word history and championed the notion of her story, pointing out the fact that history has mostly come from a male perspective while the stories, lives and achievements of women have been left out of it. Another example for the provocative nature of the word history can be given with the jazz musician Sandra, who famously quipped, history is only his story. You haven't heard my story yet. Some people say that his statement had nothing to do with the etymology, but suggested a lot about race and whether an African-American viewpoint is included in the tales passed down in textbooks. Hence the question of who gets to decide which version of the past is the right one remains a contentious debate centuries after the term came to its existence. History is often regarded as a neutral, objective and factual discipline but the word itself can carry many different meanings, which are displayed in various books. Here are just a few that have embraced the word history in their titles. History of Beauty by Umberto Eco, A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking, A History of Loneliness by John Boy, The History of Love by Nicole Klaus, Making History by Stephen Fry, Living History by Hillary Clinton, 
and Philosophy of History by Georg Friedrich Hegel, where the German philosopher remarks, what history and experience teach us is this. People in government never have learned anything from history or acted on principles deduced from it. Winston Churchill famously paraphrased this in his book A History of the English-Speaking Peoples, saying, the one thing that we have learned from history is that we don't learn from history. Does the subject of history bore you or fascinate you? You may not be a huge fan of reading and learning about historical events, but you may still find entertaining listening to music that has been written about important dates in history. Here are some songs that you probably didn't hear about in your history class, but you may want to include in your playlist. Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Jagger references many historical events in the song, including Christ's crucifixion and the assassination of Robert Kennedy. Genocide, the killing of the buffalo by Thin Lizzy. It's literally based on America's history books. Waiting for the Worms by Pink Floyd is full of historical references to the World War II. Zombie by the Cranberries is about the early 90s bombing in England, which the IRA took responsibility for. Rasputin by Bonnie M. The huge disco hit from the 70s was written about Grigory Rasputin, a friend and advisor of Tsar Nicholas II of Russia and his family during the early 20th century. There is just something very appealing about historical films, don't you think? Knowing that a story actually happened somehow makes it so much more intriguing and powerful. Here are some titles that you may wish to check out if you haven't done so yet. Dunkirk tells the true story of a group of World War II British soldiers who got stranded during a German ambush for six weeks alongside Belgian and French soldiers. Gladiator with Russell Crowe an action-packed film inspired loosely by real events that occurred within the Roman Empire back in the second century. Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Dunst, which describes her life of luxury, indulgence and excess, as opposed to the poverty-stricken French people and their growing outrage. Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis, Tommy Lee Jones and Sally Field, which focuses on the last four months of President Abraham Lincoln's life. The Young Victoria, starring Emily Blunt as Queen Victoria, the longest ruling British monarch until Queen Elizabeth II. And Frida, with Salma Hayek, Alfred Molina and Jeffrey Rush, which tells the captivating life story of surrealist Mexican artist Frida Kahlo. Whether you are into the opulent life of the English monarchy, the courageous stories of soldiers during World War II, or you fancy autobiographical dramas, movies based on history can offer a very rich and unforgettable experiences. This episode was written and produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, for Alpha CRC. My co-hosts are Paul Mangel and Eden Barrett. Sound design, Alpha Studios. Audio engineer, Mikos Nanazi. With special thanks to our guest, Timothy Hedger. 
If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and share the love with others. And don't forget to check out the previous episodes from Season 2 and Season 1 on Podbean, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening. Just say the word. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Alpha CRC. Global enterprise localization, local user experience.